Texas Governor Rick Perry's order that requires schoolgirls to be vaccinated for a sexually transmitted virus has created a firestorm of reaction over parental rights. We'll talk about it. And are there still ministry opportunities in hot spots in the Middle East, like Iran and Iraq? We'll find out. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. With the fine people of Michigan in front of me and with my sweetheart at my side, I declare my intention to run for President of the United States. There's another one. Mitt Romney, former Massachusetts governor. He is a Republican. He has announced for the presidency. What do you think? This show is about the Christian worldview. Mitt Romney is a Mormon. Mitt Romney used to be pro-choice, pro-abortion. Now he says he's pro-life. He used to be open to the idea of homosexual unions or marriages. Now he's for traditional marriage. Later on in the program, we'll open up the phone lines. You can call in. Here is another presidential candidate. What do you think about it all? Speaking of politics today, the U.S. House of Representatives, the Congress, begun began a debate on Iraq and the president's conducting of the war in Iraq and the surge. And here is the House Speaker, the new Democratic leader, Nancy Pelosi, saying Americans don't support the president. The American people have lost faith in President Bush's course of action in Iraq, and they are demanding a new direction. <laughs> well, do you support the president or do you support Speaker Pelosi and the Democrat Party. We'll talk about that later, and we're going to compare her position to the position of FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You won't believe the contrast between the Democratic Party of World War II and the Democratic Party today. And speaking of that, here is the Prime Minister of Australia, John Howard, on Al-Qaeda and who they might want to win the next cycle of elections. If I were running Al-Qaeda in Iraq, I would put a circle around March 2008 and uh, pray uh, as many times as possible for uh, a victory not only for Obama but also for the Democrats. Wow, the Prime Minister of Australia saying if he was running Al-Qaeda, he would want Obama to win, he would want the Democrats to win. 
Folks, we're going to talk about it later in the program. Don't miss that. And we'll also be talking about the other side of the war. It's very important because this is a Christian worldview radio show. We're going to be talking about ministry in Iraq, ministry in Iran, and in the Middle East. We'll be talking to Tom Doyle. He directs the Middle East missions at E3 Partners. He'll be talking about opportunities to share the gospel in Iraq and Iran and how we can be better praying for those folks. But first up, let's talk about Governor Rick Perry and his executive order that will force vaccinations upon schoolgirls in our public schools. Is this right? Does he have the authority? Is it wise? With us to talk about it is Eric Dondero. Eric is from MainstreamLibertarian.com, former aide to Congressman Ron Paul, founder of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Welcome to the program, Eric. Hey, great to be here, Jerry. All right, Eric, tell us what uh, what do you make of the governor's plan to force this vaccination against this sexually transmitted disease? Um, what do you make of this? Oh, okay. Well, well before I get there, let me just say that uh, it sounds like to me Prime Minister Howard is more of an American and understands American <laughs> values more uh, better than Nancy Pelosi. So. <laughs> well, hey, we'll get back to that in just a minute. Okay. Texas uh, first. Boy, what a travesty this this is with the the program that the the governor is forcing us on uh, on us Texans. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's absolute force and coercion. Um parents should be able to decide whether the vaccination sounds fun to me great, but why is there force and coercion involved? It should be up to the parents and let the parents decide and uh I think this is an issue that's uh pushing a whole bunch of different groups together. People who are not normally aligned are coming together to oppose this. Hey, let's talk about that, Eric, because a lot of people would say, hey, maybe the governor's, the governor's motivation is all right, but his method and uh, violates a very important political principle. Now, uh, you're libertarian. You know, a lot of our listeners may not know what uh, libertarian principles are. Could you just uh, talk about that for a moment? Sure. Um, Libertarians uh, believe, like Thomas Jefferson, that government is best which governs least. Uh, we're very, very fiscally conservative. We're real strong free enterprise, free market people. And we're also uh, conservative on foreign policy and defense issues. There are some issues where we would disagree with, uh, with social conservatives on. Um, not too many, but, but a few. But we come together on issues like homeschooling and uh, school choice and uh, tax breaks for families with children. Uh, a few of the, uh, I don't know, some of the sexual matters, we might have some disagreements. And, and an issue like gambling. Uh, social conservatives would be, I guess, in favor of uh, restrictions on gambling, where we libertarians would be like, uh, Internet gaming is fine with us. So, mm. But so uh, we agree with social conservatives on about 80 to 85 percent of the issues. Well, you know, my view would be there's two grounds we impose a gambling. One would be moral grounds. You might not agree with that one as a libertarian. But I would say there are good public policy reasons not to allow gambling because it encourages um, a kind of an underworld. It always seems to do that. Crime is always um, more rampant, uh, more problematic when we have gambling. But that's a debate for another show on another day. Hey, let's talk about presidential politics. Are the libertarians going to field a presidential candidate. I think they are. Who is it? Um, it might be, believe it or not, Wayne Allen Root, who's a big uh, um, 
sports odds maker out of Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, the gambling he, theme again. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really upset about the, the ban on the well, Internet gaming. Well, what uh, about Ron Paul, the local guy? Okay, well, that's an interesting. I used to I worked for Congressman Paul for 12 years, and he's, he's uh, formed an exploratory committee, and uh, he's talking about running in the Republican primaries. But uh, there doesn't seem to be a great amount of activity on that front. I, I, I think a lot of libertarians are seriously looking at Rudy Giuliani, and um, I note that a lot of social conservatives are as well. All right. Um, my guest is Eric Dondera. He's of, from MainstreamLibertarian.com. Uh, Eric, let's talk, about, let's talk about Romney for a minute. Romney announced today, Mitt Romney, and I want to go through some sound bites. Um, he's been on a kind of a journey, and uh, he's been asked recently about his old position on abortion, his new position on abortion. I want you to listen to these sound bites, and then let's talk about it for a moment. Here's sure. former government, governor of Massachusetts, Mitt Romney, announced today he's running for president. He's talking about why... He supported abortion rights years ago because one of his family members died in an illegal abortion. Over the last multiple years, as you know, I have been effectively uh, pro-choice. I never called myself that as a label, but I was effectively pro-choice. And that followed a personal experience in my extended family that, that led to, to that conclusion. All right, Romney went on to talk about how he's given the matter more and more thought over the years. It's obviously a very tender and uh, and sensitive subject for the women of America and for all, all Americans. All right, and then he says, all right, I've been talking to scientists about when human life begins. At one point in a discussion with the provost of Harvard University and the head of stem cell research there, the comment was made that this really wasn't a moral issue because the embryos were terminated or destroyed at 14 days. Uh, Romney's moving to the right now, talking about Roe versus Wade. And it struck me very powerfully at that point that the Roe v. Wade approach has so cheapened the value of human life that someone could think it's not a moral issue to destroy embryos that have been created solely for the purpose of research. From left to right now, Romney says he's pro-life. I said to my chief of staff, and that's been two and a half years ago, I said to her, I want to make it very clear that I'm pro-life. With me on the line is Eric Dondera of MainstreamLibertarian.com. Eric, what do you make of Mitt Romney's journey? How will libertarians feel about this? How will conservative Republicans feel about it? Quite, quite a journey. Quite an interesting journey. I guess you've got to take the guy by his word. Um, I'm willing to do that. Um, I think what, what's missing from this whole debate on abortion, and it's good to see that Romney wants to overturn Roe v. Wade, but... What's missing is the issue of government funding of abortion, and that's one issue where libertarians and social conservatives mm. can really come together. But also the partial birth uh, issue as well, and parental notification. But the issue of government funding of abortions, that is the crux of the matter. We social conservatives and libertarians need to be 100% exactly. opposed to that. And we need to call Romney on the, map on, uh, on the mat on that. I don't know where he stands on it. That we would certainly have common ground there. Let me ask you, though, as a libertarian, because you go back to the Declaration, and certainly you mentioned Jefferson a moment ago. Libertarians would go back to Jefferson. He wrote those words. We're all endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these, the right to life. What do you believe about the right to life? Are there limits on that right? Other than capital punishment and just war, where do you draw the line on the right to life? At 14 days? At... Uh, gestation, at implantation, at fertilization, or at uh, birth, or at uh, 60 days, like Peter Singer up at Princeton. Where do you draw the line on the right to life as a libertarian? 
Well, uh, let, let me say first out, uh, the libertarian movement's uh, pretty much divided on this. Ron Paul, of course, is a pro-life libertarian. I'm, um, I'm like K. Bailey Hutchison. I'm, I'm fiercely opposed to government funding of abortions and, and uh, uh, in favor of parental notification laws and opposed to partial birth. I guess I would say at the um, uh, maybe two months into it, that's where I'd uh, draw the line. Two months then. of fertilization or two months after birth? Two months at well, two months fertilization. Then. All right, okay. Well, Peter Singer said sixty days up at yeah, Princeton. Yeah, I, I guess I would do. Can I return back to Perry for a second? Sure. Though, yeah, let's change the subject. Um, I, the reason that I, I I hope that I'm on your show here is to bring this to light with yes. with, with Democrat Congressman Chris Bell said just this morning in a letter that he sent out to to all the Democrats uh, statewide. Have you seen the letter? No. Tell us about it. Oh my God! I, and I know it's not proper to read a letter on the on the air. And I'll well, just summarize it. it quickly. Yeah, so, uh, it's about it's about five sentences. Uh, so, here, quote unquote, some of our libertarian leaning Republican friends argue that vaccinating school children is not a proper function of government, and some of their socially conservative allies argue that protecting girls from from a sexually transmitted virus will encourage promiscuity. Hogwash. <laughs> Mm. That is Chris Bell, the guy that could have been our governor here in Texas, yeah. <laughs> calling the calling the both socially conservatives and libertarian Republicans, and and saying that we're both nuts. How do you feel about the fact that our governor did not run on this issue? He did not run on the Trans Texas Corridor. He did not run on selling the casinos. Uh, do you think his campaign was upfront and honest? Um. I voted for Kinky, so uh, <laughs> just because I thought it would be entertaining. But uh, no, well, I don't think his campaign was honest. Now I do think he's backing off from this just a little bit, and I, and uh, he's gotten so much pressure by so many conservative Republicans around the state, and that's a good thing. Um, but uh, Chris, for Chris Bell to say this, that calling us saying this essentially hogwash our position. Now he's insulting both us libertarians and our friends social conservatives in the same swoop. I think we have common cause on this area, uh, this issue, Eric, and many others. We thank you for being with us. Thank Eric Dondero, so MainstreamLibertarian.com. Thanks for okay. being with us. We'll have you back sometime. All right, folks, when we come back, you will not believe what the Democratic-led Congress is doing today in debating the war in Iraq. They have left the party of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, his themes, his convictions. We'll compare them. We have sound bites from Nancy Pelosi over and against sound bites from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Also, Australian Prime Minister John Howard saying Al-Qaeda wants Obama and the Democrats to win. Let's talk about it when we come back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. 
Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture in the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Many people ask, when will this war end? There's only one answer to that. It will end just as soon as we make it end. By our combined efforts, our combined strength, our combined determination to fight through and work through until the end. All right, that's the poster man for the Democrat legacy, the Democratic Party, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 1942, State of the Union, saying this war will be over when we win it, when we see it through, when we are victorious. How different that sounds from today's Democratic leadership. Let's go now to Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, saying Americans don't want any more of this war. The American people have lost faith in President Bush's course of action in Iraq, and they are demanding a new direction. Now, how does she know that? I want you to call. Have you lost faith in this president in his direction of the war? The number is 800-881-9270. Give us a call. Do you agree with her? Have Americans lost faith with this president? 800-881-9270. They always bring up, oh, this last cycle of elections. It was a referendum on the war. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. But uh, there's one striking election that I always like to go to in their own party Joe Lieberman, the senator from Connecticut. The Democrat hierarchy supported an opponent to this senior sitting senator who was the vice presidential candidate, if you'll remember, for Al Gore's election or attempted election. Joe Lieberman was opposed by a peace candidate, and the Democrats supported him for the primary and put him on the ticket. Because Lieberman was a war candidate. He was a pro-defense, pro-Iraq war, pro-Bush Democrat senator. But Lieberman ran as an independent, and he won up in liberal Connecticut. I don't think there's a clear message from these elections. This man, who was pro-war, pro-Bush, pro-defense, was elected in that region, not a conservative region of the country. Nevertheless, Pelosi says she knows that Americans uh, are sick and tired of this war. Well, let's go over to the Prime Minister of Australia. John Howard said if he were Al-Qaeda, the party he would support, the presidential candidate he would pray for, it's shocking. Here it is. If I were running Al-Qaeda in Iraq, I would put a circle around March 2008 and uh, pray uh, as many times as possible for uh, a victory not only for Obama but also for the Democrats. What do you think of that quote? Prime Minister of Australia, John Howard, saying he was Al-Qaeda. He'd be wanting Obama to win. He'd be wanting the Democrats to, to win. 800-881-9270. You call. 
Who do you agree with, Pelosi or John Howard? 800-881-9270. We've got Patrick on the line from Dallas. Patrick, what do you think about this? Well, I think uh, that we're at a serious crossroads. We uh, have definitely already committed uh, to the Iraqi war. Let me first uh, say that I respect the president. I didn't vote for him, but I respect him and I respect the office. I think that where we're at today, that we have been, we need, we need to re- definitely reevaluate where we're at in Iraq. I, I think that we need to finish the job. I, I don't necessarily agree that we need to cut and run, but I think that um, we have we need to uh, regain strength and, and retool ourselves to prepare for the bigger picture. I think that we have a lot of bigger fish out there to fry than, than Iraq right now. Thank you so much, Patrick. Yes, we've got Iran. Yes, we've got North Korea. My view would be, though, if we don't finish the job in Iraq, will North Korea think we're serious? Will Iran think we're serious? If we will not see this battle through in this country, will we see anything else through? Will anyone else take us serious? We'll talk about the developments in North Korea later in the program. They've said they're going to give up their nuclear program. They've said that today. We'll talk about that later in the program. But we need to have a, a solid track record when we say something, we mean it, and we'll do it. We've got Van on the line from Frisco. Van, how do you see Pelosi versus John Howard here? Well, I think the Speaker of the House has confused her opinion with the American opinion. I don't believe that we have lost faith in our president. I haven't. I grew up a Democrat, and just because of things like this, I have changed from Republic to Republican Party. Uh, because they don't speak for me anymore. Well, that's a good point, Van. I think, you know, Reagan's old line, he said um, he really didn't leave the Democrat Party. They left him, and he became a Republican. Let's remember, this is the House of Representatives, and uh, she represents San Francisco. What kind of uh, values do we have there? Is that uh, a good cross-section of America? Let's listen again to Nancy Pelosi on the Troop Build-Up Plan. Here she is. President Bush's escalation proposal will not make America safer, will not make our military stronger, and will not make the region more stable. How does she know that? What do you think? Call us. The number is 800-881-9270. We've got Diana on the line from Royce City. Diana, how do you see this conflict? Well, first of all, I support President Bush 100%. We had to go to war. We had no choice. Uh, I think Pelosi's blonde roots are showing, you know, and uh, we have to finish it. And I think more troops would make it safer for the ones that are already there. Thank you, Diana, for that call. Of course, we trust that President Bush is talking to his uh, military commanders, uh, the Joint Chiefs, uh, the generals on the ground, and he has more and better information than any of us would have, or even uh, the Speaker of House of the House would have. We've got Mary on the line from Dallas. Mary, how do you see this? Well, what I see is that uh, I do not really think that Nancy means that they should not finish the war. I think Nancy is just saying that we should try to change the course of the war and try to involve some of the uh, other international organizations to try to help fight the war other than trying to do it all on our own, try to do some foreign diplomacy and stuff like that. But however, as a Christian, I believe that leaders are chosen by God, and Bush was chosen by God. And uh, we, st- we have to respect him for the position that he has, 
and uh, pray that God will guide him and direct his footsteps as to how he leads this country. That's what I have to say. Thank you. We need to be praying for President Bush, but also we need to be praying for Nancy Pelosi. Let's hear the other side. We have got Congressman Doc Hastings responding to Pelosi and responding to the idea that you can support the troops but not support the mission. How can you support the troops but not the mission? That's a very interesting question. You know, there was a liberal columnist for the L.A. Times a couple of years ago who said, he said, I don't think liberals can really say they support the troops, but they don't support the mission. He said it's a hypocrisy. And uh, I think it's interesting that this Republican congressman and that liberal columnist would be in agreement on that point. I mean, the president is the commander-in-chief of the military forces. And when we are up against an enemy... Uh, to support our forces mean we will support the president, we will support the generals. Here's Congressman Pete Session from Texas on the Democrat resolution. Is to politically neuter the president of the United States and I believe our forces and our mission in Iraq. Do we want to undercut the commander-in-chief or do we want to support the commander-in-chief? The number is 800-881-9270. We've got Joe on the line from Stephenville. Joe, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Yes, uh, I just wanted to uh, say that how devastating a comment this could be. I, I happened to live through the, the Vietnam War, and I, I had friends that served in the Vietnam, and it was just so devastating to them to hear comments like that, to, uh, to, the, to hear how uh, the unrest and, and how things were, were in the States while they were over there trying to fight. And not only that, it undermines the, the president. And what he has tried to do, I think he's, I think he's really and truly had the best interest of everything and everybody at heart in this situation. And it just, it just undermines, and, and we just really need to pray for all the, all the people involved that are, that are saying and, and doing things like this. Okay, thank you so much for that comment, Joe. Let's go to House Minority Leader John Boehner. They're debating a resolution that has no force. It's not to defund the troops. He has a problem with that. Non-binding means non-leadership. It's not accountable. And I don't think it's the right message for our troops. This is a political charade lacking both the seriousness and the gravity of the issue that it's meant to represent. So Congressman Boehner is basically saying, look, if these liberals and Democratic leaders believe that the uh, war effort should be abandoned. They ought to vote to defund the troops. Uh, they want to have it both ways. They want to carp and criticize, but they don't want to defund the effort. He went on to say, this is going to strengthen the hand of the terrorist. Our one and only option is to defeat them. And this non-binding measure before us today will only embolden them. All right, folks. That is the debate. When we come back in just a moment, we're going to be talking about the other side of the war. There are Christians in Iraq, in Iran, in Israel, in Lebanon, in Syria, in Jordan. We're going to be talking about the other side of the war. It's a spiritual war. It's very interesting. The New Testament says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. And yes, in terms of government, in terms of America and American security, uh, this is a debate we'll continue to have. And we may have more of it here today on this show in our last segment. 
But coming up, we're going to be talking about evangelism in Iraq, missions in Iran. What's the spiritual condition? What's the spiritual temperature right now in the Middle East? What are missionaries doing? What can they do? What are they prohibited from doing? How can we be praying? How can we be involved? We'll be talking with Tom Doyle. He's the director of Middle East Missions at E3 Partners. We'll be talking about Middle East missions and evangelism, Iran and Iraq. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. This time, we are determined not only to win the war, but also to maintain the security of the peace that will follow. FDR, great Democratic president in 1942, saying not only to win the war, but to secure the peace that will follow. We need that same kind of commitment today. It's very interesting in the Bible. We're to play, pray, pray for kings and all who are in authority that we might live in peace. And if you go on and read that passage, I think it's because we ought to want peace so that the gospel might go forth. There might be evangelism and missions. And certainly we want to be praying for that in our country, but also in the Middle East. With us to talk about the other side of the war in the Middle East. What's happening in the spiritual realm, in the unseen world, the hearts and the souls of the people in Iran and Iraq. We've got Tom Doyle on the line. Tom Doyle is director of Middle East Missions at E3 Partners. Tom, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jerry. Great to be on. Hey, Tom, let's talk about uh, the spiritual warfare, the spiritual battles. Mm. And let's talk about, you know, we've been talking about military strategy. I want to talk now about mission strategy, because when I was a kid, we talked about missions, and we said, you know, it means praying, it means giving, and it means going. And let's talk about what that will mean uh, for, for us in the church today. When we think about Iraq, Iran, what should the mission strategy be? Well, I really think that, that obviously there's no, um, there's no substitute for evangelism, discipleship, and starting new churches. You know, we, we hear all the bad news about Iraq, and I, I think, of course, that's how it's portrayed on the news. There's a lot of good news in Iraq, and uh, we know that there's 35 new churches just in the Baghdad area alone. That's so, great. Um, that's going to be the answer. You know, it won't be, it will not be uh, anything that we do, peace treaties or anything like that, because it won't change the human heart. Only the gospel does that. Tom, talk about the, the human heart, uh, and it may be different. Uh, that is the tone, the temperature in Iraq versus Iran. Let's talk about these countries. Let's start with Iraq. How do you see uh, the general spiritual climate when our folks are out witnessing? Um, how do folks react? Are they committed Muslims? Are they uh, just sort of apathetic? Are you know, they zealous? Yeah, you know, the, I mean, there always is that, that hardline leadership, but but the studies they've done around the Middle East say that about 50% of Muslims today are not even practicing. They just were merely born into it. So we hear these big numbers, but that just really doesn't play out no matter where you go, Baghdad, Tehran. Uh, we were in Iran this year, and 70% of the Iranians now claim to be uh, atheists. They just Wait a minute, 70% of Iranians are agnostic or atheist? Right. They say atheists, but they're probably really agnostics. They're not sure. But 
You know, Jerry, they thought in 79 the Iranian Revolution would change things for the better, and recently they did a poll when we were actually there in Iran, and only 15% of the people said that the, the country was better off now under the Ayatollah than it was under the Shah when they had freedom before 79. And, and, and so 15%, probably half of those, worked for the government anyway. So they have to say that. So there's a general disgust for what Sharia law has done and how it's uh, just really wrecked the country. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Tom Doyle. He's director of Middle East Missions at E3 Partners. Tom, let's talk about persecution in the Middle East. Uh, what is the plight of the Christian church and Christians in general in the Middle East, and how could we be praying for them? Well, we need to be praying. One of the things that they teach these young Iranians that are sharing the gospel and planting churches is, is this when they're in these underground Bible colleges. They teach them what to do when you go to jail. In fact, they have a course on it just because they know that that, that that will be happening. And, you know, my wife pointed out a verse to me yesterday, and it just hit me in a whole new light. Jesus says in John 16, they will, um, they will put you out of the synagogue. Now, that was obviously the Jews in the first century. And then it has a stop, and it says, in fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. Well, you couldn't paint a better picture of Islam right now. In the Middle East, Jerry, they're afraid that it's slipping away. The numbers are piling up of Muslims converting to Christianity, and they're scared. You know, in 1900, I think 10% of Africa was Christian, Mm -hmm. and now it's uh, 50 to 60% in Africa. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Iranians are just waiting for us to, to come to them. We, we had no problems sharing the gospel anywhere we went. In Iran, people were open. Uh, they were fascinated that Americans were there, and they wanted to talk about spiritual things. So I, I just think, yeah, the world looks bad when you look at the news, although I always say to people, please don't take your worldview from CNN. You know, get in right. touch with what God's doing there uh, and, and really find out about the body of Christ. But there's a movement in Iran, and they're expecting 10,000 new churches in two years just wow. because of the number in Iran. of people in Iran. You know, we had a guest on yesterday who said, and I've been hearing this, that probably the most pro-USA population in that region is the, the street view in Iran. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We... Uh, had so many people that came up and talked to us and said, I'm Iranian. In fact, they, they talk about a quarter of a million Iranians in Los Angeles. So uh, they love it. In fact, the people in, in Iran call Los Angeles Tehrangelis <laughs> because there's so many Iranians there. And uh, when we were there in Tehran and Persopolis and Shiraz and some of the major cities, uh, people said, we love your country and we don't want to be cut off from it. We don't like what's That's happening to the government. Hey, Tom, tell us this uh, as we go out. Uh, you're directing Middle East missions at E3 Partners. How can we pray for what you're doing and uh, pray for that region? Boy, that would be great. I, I'll tell you, people can get guided prayer on e3partners.org. All they right. Can get on there and, and pray with some of the frontline leaders that are sharing the gospel in Iraq and Syria and Lebanon and the Gaza Strip and Iran, all the difficult places. They can get right on the website. E3partners.org. Let's just, I want to lead a prayer right now, Tom. I'm going to ask our listeners uh, to join with us, join our hearts in prayer. Lord, we're praying 
You are the Lord of the harvest, that you will send forth laborers in the field. We've heard that the fields are white. Your, your word says that. We believe it. Help us to be faithful, to give, and to go. And we pray to see a supernatural move of your gospel and your kingdom in the Middle East. Bless Tom. Bless Middle East missions, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Tom, thanks for being with us. We hope to have you back soon. I'd love to. God bless you. It's very interesting, folks, that Tom was talking about um, persecution and the freedom to share the gospel. We've talked earlier about the freedom to convert, to change from Islam or atheism to Christianity. We've talked about that in Afghanistan. Now, all of this is linked together, the military and the spiritual. And I want you to see the big picture. We've been talking about Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the most famous, really, Democratic president in the last hundred years. And I want you to see, this show us about the Christian worldview. And Roosevelt talked about what we were fighting for in World War II, and he talked about some freedoms. And I want you to be listening to this speech. It's about a minute, an excerpt. He talks about the freedom of religion, and he also talks about the importance of seeing the battle through to the end. Here he is, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Our own objectives are clear. The objective of smashing the militarism imposed by warlords upon their enslaved peoples. The objective of liberating the subjugated nations. The objective of establishing and securing freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom from want, and freedom from fear everywhere in the world. We shall not stop short of these objectives, nor shall we be satisfied merely to gain them and then call it a day. I know that I speak for the American people, and I have good reason to believe that I speak also for all the other peoples who fight with us when I say that this time we are determined not only to win the war, but also to maintain the security of the peace that will follow. All right, Roosevelt says... I know that I speak for the American people. You remember that? And he talks about freedom of religion. We will not stop short of this objective. We're determined determined to win the war, but to maintain also the security of the peace that will follow. So he says he knows he speaks for all Americans. But here's Nancy Pelosi on speaking for all Americans. The American people have lost faith in President Bush's course of action in Iraq and they are demanding a new direction. All right, who are we going to believe here? This voice from the past, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, says, I speak for all Americans. We want freedom of religion. We're not going to stop short of this objective. We're not going to be satisfied to gain this and call it a day. We're determined not only to win the war, but to maintain the security of the peace that will follow. Or will it be Pelosi's vision of give up, cut and run, get out, don't support the president, not really even supporting the troops at this point, all announcing that uh, Barack Obama said just yesterday that the lives that were lost over there have been wasted. He said that in a speech. These lives have been wasted. Do you believe that? The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Talk to me about the spiritual battle in the Middle East. Talk to me about the military battle in the Middle East. 
800-881-9270. The phone lines are open. In the next segment, you call 800-881-9270. And we'll talk about this promise from North Korea to stop their nuclear program. Is it real or just a fantasy? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. We'll be right back with your calls. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture in the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Many people ask, when will this war end? There's only one answer to that. It will end just as soon as we make it end. By our combined efforts, our combined strength, our combined determination to fight through and work through until the end. When will it end? This war will end. When we cut and run? No. When we defund the troops? No. When we pass resolutions against the surge? No. It will end when we win. That's Franklin Delano Roosevelt, great Democratic president of the United States. Not the same message we're hearing today from the Democratic-run House of Representatives. What do you think about it? We've got callers on the line. Derek, Derek on the line. Thank you for calling. You're on the air. Thank you, Jerry, for taking my call. This is Derek, Cowboy Church, Nathus. And I think Pelosi just wants us to wear pink uh, camouflage, I think is what she wants us to do from <laughs> San Francisco. I really think that Bush is doing a great job. I think actually he's lightened it up and made it actually better where our troops realize what what we're doing in a war instead of just backing out like Clinton would want us to do. And I think that we really have a great time, a great opportunity for spiritual warfare now. Actually, we're starting to say, you know, where are we at in Christ now? And I think we need to pray for our troops. I know some men have talked to me about things, about being over in Iraq and other places. And it's hard to be a Christian in the military because a lot of people, you know, hush you down and can't say anything about Christ. And I think there's a lot of men and women that really want to speak about Christ and and they have a good witness there, and actually they're being strengthened as well by each other. We just need to pray for them and pray for Bush and pray for our country. And I think we got an opportunity of spiritual uh, awakening, you know, with, with all this going on. But I don't want to wear pink all day and every day. I think Pelosi and the Democrats actually want to push that way of Barack, uh, Obama. You know, Barack Obama, I think, wants to do the same thing. Thanks, just Derek. Make it all that way. Good luck. Thank you. The job of the military is to win wars, not to lose them. 
not to retreat before the job is done. We've got Balfour on the line from Dallas. Balfour, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Uh, thank you, sir. I just, uh, I'm just a, uh, a Christian from Middle East, and I was originally born in Pakistan and lived in Jordan for many years in uh, the Gulf region because of my family and stuff. Uh, I have seen more than what other people can actually even imagine what everyone goes through with, uh, as far as Christianity goes in that part of the world. Uh, it's definitely not a very happy place. It's definitely all against Christianity in any way you want to look at. But since I came to the United States, I'm very thankful to God in every possible way that I am living in a Christian country. And uh, I'm going to do anything, whatever it takes, to basically support America. I personally don't think that uh, war needed to go that long. But since we ch chose our president, we have given our hearts and our beliefs and our faith in his hand, then we need to support him so that he can finish his job. Sometimes things won't make sense right away, but it will come at the end to let us know that, okay, all those things were very necessary and we have to go and win it. The problem is that when uh, Obama said something about the 3,000 troops, uh, I personally don't think that he meant anything bad about it. He basically felt for the 3,000 troops gone, because in all actuality, I remember when everyone went to the war, uh, nobody thought that it was going to be even 500 people who were going to lose their lives. But it went to 3,000 people, and that's where American people are now coming up, because you spend way too much money, and it's not ending it in any way, because it is the modern crusade, however you want to look at it. Well, this may be controversial, Balfour, but... As you probably know, the first crusades, the first crusades were defensive, and there had already been a militant move of aggressive Islam, uh, deadly, using force throughout the Middle East and into Europe. Certainly, a lot of things that happened in the crusades were wrong. Uh, the Christians did some very bad things, particularly in the latter crusades. But uh, we've been so indoctrinated into the idea that the Crusades were all evil and aggressive and wrong, we forget that the first Crusades were defensive in nature and the church was reacting against a military attack, a culture attack from militant Islam. We've got Sandra on the line from Dallas. Sandra, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm glad I accepted my call for one thing. Um, I, I say, you know, the Bible does say that um, there will be wars and rumors of wars, okay? Yes. But, and I do support the president. Um, but, however, I do think it's up to the Christians now to um, come together, and unify prayer and fasting to, to pray for our president so that he makes the wise, uh, yes. you know, wise decision. And I do think, too, that he needs to take, take his time about making decisions right now because, you know, we want to make sure that he makes um, healthy decisions, you know, to... to um, to better the American citizens, you know what you understand what I'm saying. Yes. So, um, like I said, my suggestion is that you know we all support him and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I I can understand her, you know, her comment and her, you know, her way of. We need to pray for her too. We need to pray for you to make the correct decisions. Like again, this is a spiritual battle again, and it's and it's very devastating right now. It's it's a critical hour for us all right now. And uh, being a minister myself, I, I've been, you know, I live, I'm led by the Spirit. And God is speaking, you know, and we need to pray because it's real critical right now. And, you know, the, 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 the decisions he makes right now, he makes right now, is going to determine, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the course of this, of, this, of this country. Thanks so much, Sandra. We're about out of time. I want to thank you for calling so much. And, folks, I want to remind you, sometimes people say, well, this show is partisan. We're not partisan here. We're principled. If you've been listening today, we were criticizing a kind of expose, actually, of the Mormon candidate for president, Mitt Romney, 
being pro-choice, pro-abortion, now pro-life, being uh, pro-gay marriage, or at least civil unions now saying he's pro-traditional marriage. There's been a lot going on there, and we can't figure it all out, but we spent some time in critique of Mitt Romney, but also in critique of the Democrats and Pelosi. And so we're even-handed here, not partisan, but principled. But actually, this show is about the Christian worldview. And I think when we talk about the military fight, we need to be thinking of the Christian worldview. It's a, a serious view of sin, of sin. The Christian worldview takes sin seriously, and unrestrained sin leads to a kind of evil. And by the way, that's why I think our libertarian friend has it wrong. Uh, it's not just about freedom to gamble and it's not hurting anybody. We believe government has a role in protecting us from sin unrestrained. And there are all kinds of evils that come along with gambling. It's a tax on the poor. It really uh, encourages a lot of crime. But we're mainly talking about the war today. And God has given government the power of the sword to check, to check unrestrained sin, unrestrained evil. That's clearly in Romans chapter 13. That's the Christian worldview. And we need to affirm the president and the generals and the soldiers have a God-given responsibility to protect innocent human life. And we need to support him in that task whether we're Republican or Democrat. And I'll remind you a good bit of praise today for a big-time Democrat, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, in his war speeches, in his war leadership. But let's remember the spiritual battle, the other side of the war in the Middle East. Let's be praying for missionaries. Let's be praying for evangelists. Let's be praying for those Christians because the governmental power of the sword can't bring forgiveness of sin, only protection from sin unchecked. Only the cross of Jesus can bring the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Jesus, His death, His burial, His resurrection, that's the gospel. That's the good news. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.